3: Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm, Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.
4: Level Up Human, the Comedy Science Podcast, souping up the Homo sapien. Welcome to Level Up Human, the show that looks at the human race and tries to figure out how to make it better. Our panel and live audience here are to decide what is going to be the next step in our evolution. Well, I'm joined by three entities that cheated to pass the Turing test. First of all, on my left, helping us decide which motion to take forward, we've got Robin Ince. Hello. And we're also joined by two wonderful scientists. Uh, First of all, on our right, we have got Kat Arney. Kat, welcome. Join us again. Hello. It is wonderful to be here. Do you want to pull
2: your book?
1: Uh, so I've just written a book called Herding Hemingway's Cats, which is all about genes and how they work. And it's got wonderful things about cats with thumbs and fish with hips and some stuff about penis spikes awesome. as well.
4: Genes all over the place, a bit like Primark. Okay.
0: And finally, we've got Jules Hired. Hello. Thank you very much for having me, guys. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I've also got a book out. <laughs> this is my uh, second ever pitch for how good it is. Okay, you ready for this? Imagine a book that could change your life, a book about death and about how wonderful it is. Every and how... religion has that. Yes, uh, but it's about science, god damn it. And it's about, uh, yeah, it's just amazing. You should totally read this book I wrote. Make it really <laughs> heavy. Make it a really
5: big, heavy book so in the first week of publication, someone pulls it out of a shelf and is killed by it. <laughs> that will be...
1: You can't
4: pay that's for that kind of publicity. That's the kind of publicity you need. As your book is all about death, have it being part tombstone. Ready to oh, go. that
0: is just genius. Yeah, totally should do that.
4: Okay, so we have our wonderful panel here. They are going to give us different suggestions for what they think should be in the next edition of The Human, Human 2.0. But before that, we have to look at what things are currently happening in the world, so each of brought along a news story. Um, we have to consider that the news itself has evolved considerably over the years. Um, just look at the changes to The Sun's Page 3, for instance. We no longer have tits inside the paper, we just have them running it. <laughs> so. Having brought along some pictures, Robin, what kind of thing are you hoping to see?
5: Oh, in terms of the, uh, well, I think that I might like to see something that goes, at level up human, I don't really like it as an idea. I think we're still being very bog standard by remaining within the human. I think what I'm looking for is someone who's prepared to leap beyond this species and go to the next stage altogether. So humans left behind as detritus.
4: Think of it like homo improvement. All right, I quite enjoy that. All right, Jules, what's your new story? Tell us.
0: Um, This was a lovely story. Genuinely, really lovely. Uh, It's about a couple of weeks ago, and it was a lady um, who had quite a common form of blindness. And I don't know if you heard about it. She had a special kind of. so, almost like a solar array inserted into her what's, retina. What's a
4: solar array? Well, I
0: knew you'd ask me that just by the look in your face. It's basically, imagine like an array that collects light. What's lights. an array? An, imagine, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's it? like, in my head, it looks like, you know, like a monolith in uh, 2001. What's a monolith? It is, imagine a, we know what tombstones are. Imagine a tombstone, a little tiny thing in, in the eyeball. Wonderful. Uh, and it, it basically just registers light going in. There's a little box behind the ear, apparently, uh, and you can modify that depending on how many lights are around. And uh, second person in the world, John Radcliffe Hospital in Oxford, pioneering this amazing research. Um, and, you know, total trial, and it worked. It's just... It's, so, it's such a wonderful story, genuinely. Has, has anyone ever looked at the comments page on The Guardian? And it's just the most... It's really, really, you know... It's, well, it's comments it's on the internet. It's not a nice place. <laughs> it's the only story I've ever seen where everyone's like, bloody hell, that's just great. Everyone's just like, that is really excellent. But so, If that so
1: had been the Daily Mail, they'd have gone, oh, I bet she's only going home to watch, like, crap telly with her car. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And funny. the NHS won't pay for it. I'd
5: have thought the Daily Mail go, I'd pay to be blind looking at the world as it is now. <laughs> Everything's changed, and I say that without even looking. Um, the... Uh, I wondered, was so at what point, was so she wasn't born blind, was she? Or? Uh, no,
0: she started losing her sight, I think when she was from age five onwards. Uh, so I think she could remember sight. And they showed her um, a clock. And she said, oh, God, I can see. And I just thought, I felt quite sorry for the doctor, because he was like, it's not God. God didn't do this. It was, it was not God. Um, but yeah, you know, imagine that. Imagine, you know. Why well, I find clock? that fascinating though yeah. because the blight just to remind you of the finite nature of
5: existence <laughs> the uh, I refer you to an earlier podcast the um, but I, I find that very interesting about the uh, uh, Oliver Sacks wrote about it I think in project Tom Mars and there's uh, been various which is there is a point where when people have even lost their sight quite young but had to, that when they then regain their sight the the wiring of the brain if it's happened too early when they lost the sight it's, very difficult for because that that wind, the, the, yeah. those neurons have gone off and become useful for other elements and other senses and then in fact being you know being able to see again can be extremely confusing. I think the guy that yeah, it's that, a bit of plasticity, all, isn't it? That yeah, you kind of get
4: co-opted into hearing and stuff. So blind people literally don't hear the world the same way that we do. Mm. Robin, what news stories have grabbed you? Well, I was quite interested in it. In,
5: in the uh, they've recently um, frozen. Uh, a, a rabbit's brain, but not not for purposes of in a restaurant because I've done that before. That, that's very. But actually, found a way of uh, freezing uh, a rabbit's brain, and this is, I think, the first time they've effectively done it with a mammal, uh, and found a way of doing it so it doesn't create uh, an enormous amount of kind of dehydration of the neurons, etc. And there is an expectation that we might have found a system that will allow other mammal brains, including obviously human brains, to be frozen with a limited amount of damage. And then the next step, of course, is to find out whether you can take someone's, you know, their memories, the thing that is their personality, what has made them who they are, and preserve that. Uh, I suppose one would be thinking about, for instance, people who've suffered from a disease and a way of going, we might be able to preserve what you are. And then when we have the technology to wake you up, there is this you know, possibility. So I find that quite interesting as a big fan of Doctor in the Brain of Morbius. So I mean, saw... Morbius, of course, was evil, but hopefully they won't only freeze the brains of evil Time Lords. <laughs> well, but they... isn't that what we say about all scientific advances? Yeah. <laughs>
4: the, um...
1: It's for, for mice and evil Time Lords. Um, uh, so the, the exciting story that I saw is that uh, basically researchers at Sheffield are working on unlocking the technology that means that we all could have the teeth of sharks... Uh, in a slightly more technical way. So the thing about, we basically do have the same teeth as sharks. So all vertebrates make their teeth in pretty much the same way. But you've probably noticed uh, any time that you've looked in the face of a shark that sharks keep regenerating their teeth throughout their life. If tooth falls out, another tooth grows to replace it, and they have constantly regenerating teeth. Unfortunately, if you've ever been punched in the face, you'll know that if you lose your adult teeth, they don't grow back. So you get two sets of teeth as humans, you get your baby teeth, and then you get adult teeth. But actually, these all run on the same genetic and cellular program as sharks and in humans. But for some reason, the genes that make our sets of teeth stop at two, whereas for sharks, they just keep on going. And, uh, and these researchers have figured out what's the molecular mechanism that's making that happen. So potentially, like, yeah, big rows of like... Eh, that's what I'm hoping for. Oh,
5: that's a financial disaster for the Tooth Fairy. <laughs> <laughs> tooth Fairy declared bankrupt after shark genetics used on child.
4: But then, no, there, be even it's got to stop at 18. That's the thing. Like, there'd no, be, you get there be even more. It's just that they keep coming. Like, that's the approach for sharks. The thing I really like about that is the idea perhaps we could have different types of teeth you slot in. Like what if we had steak teeth? Mm. Like special ones you could pop oh, in for yeah, certain yeah, meals. Yeah.
0: I have a problem with this. And that problem is, um, I spent a lot, of, you know, quite a bit of time thinking about the fossil record. And as you know, <laughs> mammals are—they don't fossilize very well because they're mostly really pretty piddly. Whatever turns you on, Jules. Whatever Well, turns it does. You on. It really does. Um, although that normally doesn't fossilize. Anyway, um, <laughs> the, the,
4: not in the, humans, uh, but on everything else, yeah, pretty much. Which is kind baculum. Of, yeah. Look it up. God
0: um yeah the uh the uh, what are we talking about oh yes yeah, okay so teeth in mammals that's all you've got to go on oh, it's the hardest bit fossilized really well most of our knowledge about mammals is about their teeth so in about five million years what's to stop you know people aliens or future intelligent beings looking at our little bit in the strata and suddenly seeing fossil human teeth everywhere they'll be like oh my god the population skyrocketed something to, amazed. what, 20 billion or something like that? And that wouldn't be right.
1: I'm more amazed by it. Has anyone done the thing I've like, seen on Facebook, the uh, putting the train ticket in your mouth? <laughs> anyway, anyone <laughs> done that? It's absolutely brilliant. So I, I think they'd be more confused by seeing the photos. <laughs> it's like, whoa, suddenly everyone got these amazing teeth.
5: Right. Sorry, can I ask a bit more? Because some of them had, and most of them haven't, and neither have I, the, has anyone seen that image of the train ticket in the mouth? <laughs> it's very enigmatic. It's a fascinating, you know, take on privatisation in the last years. But what exactly is this thing? So you,
1: you get a train ticket, um, so one of the normal little rectangular train tickets that on, on the back of it's got the magnetic strip mm. and the two white strips. And you put it in your ear, and it looks like you've got the best American white smile ever. It's absolutely hilarious. Everyone, if you've done it, <laughs> if you've done it, tweet Robin a picture of your face. Here we go,
4: um, here we go. <laughs> we <laughs> apologise, Robin, in advance this. could this. be the
5: most useful thing that a Southern Rail train ticket's ever done for me because it's never got me anywhere on time.
1: Yeah, don't, um, don't use your return. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's it. <laughs> Best radio joke yeah. ever. Yeah. <laughs>
5: And it tastes delicious.
4: Um, for the audience here, that's the bit we're cutting. Okay, that's why it's running to do it for long.
1: I've enjoyed that.
4: Okay, so we, we, these are things that are actually happening. Now let's take us a step forward. What would our panel here like to add to human evolution? Let's start with you, Jules. What is your pitch for what you'd like to see in the next version of the human?
0: Um, so I think I'm, maybe I'll win half of the vote here. I don't know half the audience vote. Um, there is something the antikinus mouse. It's a, a, a genus of um, very sexual uh, kind of marsupial. Sorry, politics. how did you just say very sexual? Very Can sexual. you just do that again? You make it sound like I was tweaking my nipples. Well, right you did. I, wasn't very I, I sexual. didn't make you sound like that. You went um, very, sexual, very sexual. There was hey, hey, friends. Um, no. See, David Attenborough never does it. that. Even when the lions are going at it, <laughs> and there, the
5: lions are being very sexual.
4: We would all watch that. Yeah, we we would. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I'm never going to watch a David Attenborough <clears throat> film in the same way again. Like, oh, dear. Um, hearing you, Jules, perving over the top of it. Okay. <laughs>
0: Okay, this is this What's is not, not, This yeah. is not going how I imagined it. Okay, it was the first sentence. Anyway, let Right, there, there is this question. Okay. sexual. There is so yeah. very <laughs> sexual. It's so it's so sexual that it um it basically is going to die. Whatever. So natural selection selected those male uh, you know mount mice. I guess you could call them that are most efficient at basically getting sex. They've got one year to live most efficient, the ones that produce the most sex, the ones that are most sort of sexed up survive. So we end up with this lovely system, one of the only proper mammal groups where all of them, all of the males die every year. And it ends in a massive sort of sex fest. And they invest. the best thing about it, by far, for me, as a fan of zombies, (laughs) is um, they spend so much time uh, investing in gonads that they actually pull resources from their immune system Because why bother, you know? And they end up just getting absolutely covered in sort of flesh-eating bacteria and stuff like that. And they, they, I know. And eventually, the females get the females get. They're kind of like, well, this sex is all rather nice, but you're a health risk. So they start really like properly avoiding them. Anyway,
3: I think I've been to that
0: club. Have you? (laughs) Well, get ready, cat. That is what I'm talking about. I think this would be a nice advance for humans. I am a male. I think. (laughs) we may not uh you know i i, I past a certain age pff, are we that useful? It seems to me that all of the all of the advances in robotics and stuff like that seem to be Taking the classic male jobs, you know, like train drivers and 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 bus drivers and all of those, you know, classic jobs. Um, I kind of feel like, you know, maybe robots can fill in the gaps that males leave behind. We just end up with a massive, maybe like Hunger Games scenario where we all like, you know, shield up and stuff, and there might be um, thongs. I I, I do
5: find that. Sorry. (laughs) No, just. Your improvement seems to be a world of necrotic testicles. And I'm just... In terms of utopian visions of, of, of the male future, this kind of just diseased sack... Maybe some eyes. I mean, this sounds like excellent graffiti, but I'm not sure it's an excellent biological advance. It's, it's very true. Robin, that's
0: because you would be dead. In my, in my world, you know, you'd be... But is, that, is that, you know... I'm, and me as well. I'm saying, like, anyone basically with, over with 30. The
1: I'm basically the winner here, aren't yeah, I? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, really
0: right. With the frizz oh, and really? no,
1: You're surrounded by well, these rotten yeah, testicles kind
0: of <laughs> decaying around you. To do with hey, what hey, I my want. My testicles are very unrotten, OK. Um, with the phrase necrotic
4: testicle, <laughs> you've come up with a cradle of filth album title. <laughs> rather than a suggestion for... <laughs> oh, can, I, I did like the idea you are saying about out. how different animals do invest more and less in their testicles. So they only did do research in dung beetles, and they discovered that uh, the bigger the testicles, the smaller the ornaments. Okay, so the smaller the ornaments, the bigger the testicles. And kind of the same thing works with BMW drivers. <laughs> okay. I like it as a concept. So uh, your suggestion is... Um, we... Necrotic <laughs> testicles <laughs> Okay, necrotic testicles from Jules Cat, what is your pitch?
1: So mine could actually work quite well In combination with that So maybe we've got
2: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn You're looking in the wrong place That's like looking for your car keys In a fish tank
1: suitable double act here. So um, my, again is a, my suggestion again is a piece of genetic engineering. And so in our genome, we have approximately 19 genes, which are called aldehyde dehydrogenase genes. And what these do is they metabolize the byproduct of alcohol So when you drink alcohol, it's broken down in the body uh, to make something called aldehydes, and it gets uh, metabolized by aldehyde dehydrogenase and turned into something that you can use for energy. And the problem, the real problem with drinking is aldehydes. Ethanol's fine. Uh, No, it's not. See, this is the thing. Ethanol is not particularly toxic. Ethanol doesn't do any harm to your body particularly. It just makes you really drunk. So actually, you might then sleep with a necrotic... Enormous testicle guy um, who's, like, getting close to his sell-by date. Am I right, ladies? Uh, but the thing that does the damage is the aldehydes. It's the aldehydes that damage your cells and increase the risk of cancer. It's the aldehydes that give you a hangover that make you feel absolutely terrible. It's the aldehydes that make you smell like pear drops on the train in the morning and basically make your mum phone you up all the time and go, why are you still drinking? Don't you love me? And, um, you know, it's the aldehydes that are bad for you. So what they propose is either we uh, increase the efficiency and the number of the aldehyde dehydrogenase genes in the human genome, or we get rid of that whole system altogether and the enzymes that break down alcohol so we can just have as much alcohol as we like.
2: (laughs) I've
0: tried that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Did it make you sleep with a, a horrifically sore enormous pair of testicles?
0: I, well, I had the dreams like normal. <laughs> um, no, but how would we limit that? I lo- I like this idea a lot, but like how would we? How would basically the problem? Well, you would have eventually
1: probably pass out from the drinking, but it just wouldn't make you feel awful, and it wouldn't give you so much of the, the health damage. See, I can't mm. see a flaw
4: in this. Can I ask the audience here actually, who would like to have a hangover-free life? You know, I love the fact you're so disciplined you put your hands up rather than screaming for a podcast.
1: <laughs> Who wants an alcohol-free life?
4: Woo! So you still get the... Actually, can I just check Lynn? So in this concept of yours, you still get the benefits of being drunk. You yep. lose your inhibitions, but you just don't have to yep, pay you can,
1: for it. You, you can still have the ethanol and all that kind of stuff. It just gets you drunk, and then you would pass out at some point. But you don't get the nasty stuff, which is the aldehydes. So you, you metabolize that really fast out of your system. Just,
0: on that note, do you, you know, sometimes when I've drunk heavily, I feel, my legs feel very heavy, and they, is that that, is that what's going on there? They feel like they're just, does anyone else get that? It's really weird, is it me? Am I having a stroke or something? <laughs> but,
1: I've no idea what no, that is. Okay. Is that maybe your testicles are growing? LAUGHTER Cutting as you get older, yes, you found as you this, get older oh it God. gets worse, it may be like that's just cutting off the blood been, supply.
4: I think down. it probably is, yeah, they're getting a bit, definitely a bit Seen any necrotic. Can we stop this? Jules' testicles have featured much more in <laughs> <than> this than <laughs> with have ever intended. Alright, so those are two ideas. Robin, you're gonna to have to choose between those, but also ones that we have coming from our wonderful audience here at the Brighton Science Festival. Alright, Jules, uh, what is the people in the audience here? What's grabbed you? Who shall we go to? Um, uh,
0: it's Sam in, in the audience. There's there no Sam? S- Sam.
5: Can I just say, I've never heard anyone sound much like a psychic medium without being one. <laughs> <laughs> is, is, is Sam a, in the audience? Is there a, a sexiest Sam, Sam, Sam in the audience? Uh, very
0: sexual. Sexual Sam. <laughs> You've just
4: got a new nickname, mate. I hope you don't mind that. It's
1: very sexual Sam.
4: So. Uh, do you want me to read this out? Yeah. Yeah, uh, man, What's your suggestion? Yeah. Soft furry palms. <laughs> <laughs> How cute is that? just wonderful apparently you can get those anyway by doing
0: something i don't know oh the <laughs> irish education comes out again there doesn't it <laughs> I that. I'm oh that would
1: be lovely what's uh
0: sam um, yeah i was just interested the fact know, he's what?
4: called sam as well <laughs> yeah. just brilliant really is from middle earth or he has an aspiration <laughs> to me well, what's the benefit of having hairy palms then
5: Soft, hairy palms. Um, so, soft. Soft, soft. Hairy palms.
1: Stroking, right? Well, what,
5: what
4: loving touch couldn't be improved by the addition of soft, hairy palms? Because it, it's interesting, because am I right in thinking that the only parts of our body that aren't covered in hair are our feet and our palms? Yeah. So surely there must be a reason why we don't have hair on them. Yeah. Because we're a nasty it? species.
5: It's but, use, isn't it? It's, it, it? Hasn't it come from the mere fact that obviously our feet are always on the, on the ground? Hmm. Well, obviously, if you look at the base of, I, I think most uh, apes probably don't have um, fur. Do they on the...
4: Uh, I don't think they do. I think most right. are, right, naked.
5: So I think pumped. it might be about the, the
1: However, youth. though, so obviously, as evolution works, that's been a kind of a use it or lose it thing. But also, a mechanism of evolution is sexual selection. So, like, if you're the first person with the furry palms, and everyone's like, yeah, I'm going with that guy, because, whew, uh that's very potent sexual selection there. Save
4: you money in gloves as well. Well, that's something to bear in mind. Also true. A little velvetiness.
0: <coughs> cool. Is it weird that when I read it, I imagined him stroking my face with this?
1: <laughs> or oh, your enormous necrotic testicle. Actually, oh, no! I
0: yeah, think... it's, it's the least
5: weird thing you've done <laughs> for the whole podcast.
4: I think one of the reasons why we don't have hair on our palms and things is actually for sensitivity. So we, having naked hands allows us actually to feel things better. So if you did have furry palms, you would not be able to feel
0: someone else's furry palms. Oh, Oh, that's such a sad existence.
4: Yeah. One each. So uh, (laughs) that is Sorry, so you didn't hear that, but one of our audience has come up with a suggestion that we should have one palm hairy and one not hairy. (laughs) So the best of both worlds. That's a very good point. That is the best idea. And you could do the whole, like, Karate Kid wax on, wax off thing perfectly well. Yeah, utilitarian hair. <laughs> but then yeah. then does make gloves like wigs,
5: doesn't it? Because when someone gets to my age, and if you've got my kind of gene, eventually my hands are beginning to recede. <laughs> and I have to wear, oh, baldy hands. Have to have a weave, not in the palms.
4: A oh. merkin yeah. for your hands. <laughs> a palm wig. Do you know what? Can we just leave that bit there? That's a good suggestion. The palm wig. So we've got a hangover-free life, the necrotic testicles somehow, and hairy palms. All right, Kat, who's grabbed you? Um, This is an anonymous
1: one, um, which I think is absolutely lovely. It says, I would make human vision include infrared so I could find the warmest person in the room to snuggle with. (laughs) And as someone who lives in a Victorian conversion, it's like, hell yeah.
4: <laughs> that would be amazing. We, we could do this. There's lots of animals which could see into the infrared, aren't there? Yeah, and, and, and
1: like bees see the ultraviolet, don't they, I, uh, if I remember correctly. Isn't like it? human human vision spectrum is actually quite limited in the range of, of wavelengths we see. I
0: don't know why you're all looking at me. I'm something's <laughs> very scared.
1: You seem to know about
0: <laughs> animals. So you sitting next to her?
4: Well, there's definitely a thing that, yeah, the infrared stuff the pit vipers have got like special vision but it does mean that certain animals try and trick them so for instance there's lots of squirrels out there which can shove a whole lot of blood into their tails so it effectively acts as a distraction so they see the heat and they only see the tail and they try and strike for the wrong bit so what you might end up getting if you're going to evolve this heat vision is actually getting people looking warmer than they really are <laughs> Or Sneaky. people
1: like just shoving hot water bottles up their jumpers. And, like and
4: <sighs> Yeah, hack this. Yeah. And shaving their palms so you can see the heat more effectively. Yeah. Okay, we could be on to something there. So, uh, herring palms, what was that one? So,
1: um, infrared vision.
4: Infrared vision uh, for infrared cuddles. Heat, heat I love seeking,
1: that. In Heat-seeking infrared cuddle vision.
4: Cuddle vision. That's bound to be, be a... Cuddle vision cuddle is vision. probably a very strange channel up in the 900s, isn't it, actually? <laughs> Okay, that's a good one. Has anything grabbed you, Robin? You've got to admit this is, you can see why if you look
5: a, at a map of the, the voting pattern during the last general election of this particular, uh, generally this area, of the southeast, it's just blue, 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 until you get down here where you have green and then red. And you can see why, because there the fact that, what do you want? We want more effective cuddling and softer hands. <laughs> <laughs> and that would be a better world. Lovely group of people. Um, The one that I just... I picked this out, but it's actually one... I'm I'm just going to... Stuart B says, uh, Abolish emotions so we could all be efficient Vulcans. Now, I think that's kind of quite interesting because... One of the things is actually, is, as studies have shown, that if you remove all emotions, anyone who's, who's had any uh, kind of brain damage, which means they've lost uh, emotion, means it's actually much harder to make decisions, and people do nothing whatsoever. They find themselves unable to make decisions. So, uh, Stuart, it was a lovely idea, but you haven't done the reading. Anyway, it's uh, <laughs> no, an interesting idea, because you always think, if you didn't have emotions getting in the way,
4: but in fact emotions are propelling us forward. There was some research to show, actually, that if you do want to make a decision, the best thing you can do is really need the toilet that sense of urgency, in the very literal sense, does actually help you. you I,
5: I, this is nice. This is, uh, it's actually, uh, it doesn't, no one t- it says, uh, they, they say something useful on the back of the hands. And I just think because we've now got the lovely, furry, soft front of the hands, on the back of this hand, someone's looking for just a bottle opener. And I think that that, <laughs> that mix of, uh, oh, darling, and you want... <laughs> there, you know, that's...
1: I, I would totally hit that. <laughs>
4: One that, one that I really like, because by the way, you can tweet us ideas all the time, but somebody suggested more kneecaps. It just didn't say where. Like, the thing. But, but I really love this, because like, I have to point out, like, I'm a person from Northern Ireland, you can tell by the, by the accent, right? And we're the people who turned the word kneecap into a verb. So actually having a few spares around, we've got the best knee surgeons on the planet, because they were forced to improvise. Something what we are very, very proud of. So yeah, more kneecaps, that's quite cool.
5: I think any kind of a, a evolution moment where, for some reason, we grew just extraneous spares. So if on on your back you did you grew two kneecaps for then that moment in later life or you know after some kind of whatever, that then someone would go, oh my knees have gone, but don't worry, we'll just remove the ones that have grown on your back. But this extraneous piece of mutation or heredity in natural selection.
4: Well, I suppose we actually kind of do that, don't we? Like so, rhinoplasties and things take skin from thighs and all. Does anybody know any more about this? I've got no more mm. no.
0: I grow an extraneous body part quite a lot, since, you know, you're, you're talking about it. And th- that is <laughs> like, you know, kind of moulds. It no. seems to be very good at growing moles.
1: I thought you were talking about like adenoids or but something. No, like, no, no. I know no. someone who's who So if anyone needs mold. any moulds uh, for any reason. Mint.
4: Adenoids, yeah. What are adenoids? Is that a mint? Yeah. Okay, so what is the extraneous moles then? Well, I just think. What's the point of a mole? Does anybody know actually what moles friend. are for? Do they have a function? I don't mean the cute little velvety things again.
1: Dot to dot when you're bored in bed. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I kind of love that. Has anybody tried to
0: join their entire body? Hello, join the <laughs> <a real> man. <laughs> I remember doing it. was so about twelve. Yeah, then. let's go. Let's yeah. no, not.
4: Does it spell a secret message? Imagine that. Vulnerable or something <laughs> like that. Six, I have yeah. testicles. <laughs> so <it's all> <laughs> All right, we're going to have to—we're going to have to get cracking on with this. So, Robin, you're going to choose from these ideas, and we're going to take this back to our uh, boffins as if they exist and as if they can actually have any power to try and improve our species. Oh, I
5: really hope that at the end of this series, you do create some kind of humanoid, taking all these features, and then release it into the world and see. Because just from the Brighton audience, you've got quite an interesting creature.
4: Yeah, it could come home here. That's a nice idea. All right. Very quickly. Um, Before we move on and decide our final things, I'm going to give you some inspiration from the the natural world. So, this is a game we call Splice of Life. What would you steal from the bombardier beetle? What would you steal from a bombardier beetle? I I think
1: I went out with a guy that could do this, actually. Uh, They can make (laughs) fire in their rectums.
4: So they spray a product from a reaction of two chemical compounds, and this makes, yeah, it's it's basically an explosive bum.
0: Isn't this this is one of those creationist uh, examples of uh, you know they couldn't possibly exist because you need two chambers to squirt the chemicals for them to react in the face of an angry ant that's attacking them. Uh, is that am I right in thinking that? I'm sure it yeah. was one of those yeah, these. Yeah, when, it's weird that when people
5: say creationists, I often think flammable arseholes. So that's. <laughs> a, uh, I think
4: you're on the right track. So there we have several suggestions. Uh, Robin, what of those has taken your fancy? There was flammable rear ends. <laughs> hairy palms, infrared cuddle vision, necrotic testicles, hangover-free lives, extra kneecaps, or something on the back of Oh, yeah, something on the back of the hand, something useful in the back of the oh, hand. Oh, yeah, like so a bottle open like or whatever. Take
5: I think there is... That's a lovely mix, and I, I mean, the soft hands, uh, you know, these kind of velvet hands is uh, a, a delight, but I think that... I the last time I was on here, how many weeks ago that was, uh, I <laughs> went with, uh, you know, a, a world which banished period. So I feel that this time we should have a world that banishes uh, the hangover so that we can
4: still. That was an audience clapping and slurring in approval. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll still have the shame of regret, but mm-hmm. not the pain of regret. Well, can we keep so shame? Kind of, is that a stride, modification? Stride
1: of pride, not the walk of shame.
4: Oh no, shame is a good thing. They've actually demonstrated that people who feel a bit guilty about sex enjoy it more. So there's, there's, shame has a use. <laughs> oh, oh. What was that? Do you know what? I was so trying
5: to keep that. <laughs> Sorry, that he was said, my id. I put my id in the audience <laughs> earlier. He said, he said priests.
4: Priests. Priests. <laughs> Not touching that with a barge, Paul. And I wish Nothing they wouldn't do would this. <laughs> So, we've had some wonderful suggestions. Robin has picked A Hangover Free Life. We hope that the audience here will have very much enjoyed. So, before we go, please give a round of applause to our wonderful guests who've had Jules Hard, Kat Arney, and Robin Ince, and the amazing audience at the Sauce Benny Theatre at Brighton Science Festival. It's been lovely talking to you.